Hello, everyone, and welcome to Consumer Watchdog's Rage for Justice Report, our weekly conversation about what's going on in the state and the nation and the current issues that we're exposing, confronting, and changing. I'm your host, Carmen Balber, Executive Director of Consumer Watchdog. And this week, we want to talk about a really interesting and important hearing that happened this week in the California legislature. Um, This Wednesday, the governor's appointees to the Medical Board of California, which is the state agency that is responsible for regulating the conduct of doctors, were really subjected to a grilling in the Senate Rules Committee where they were up for their confirmation hearings. And to talk with me about it, I've invited Consumer Watchdog board member and my good friend, Tammy Smick, who testified at the hearing on our behalf. Hi, Tammy. Hi, Carmen. Good to be with you. Uh, Good to have you. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, So let me set the stage here. Thanks for being here. Um, The medical board, as I said, oversees doctor licensing and critically is responsible for investigating and disciplining doctors when they harm people. And the governor had three physician nominees to the medical board up for confirmation in the Senate Rules Committee this week, um, two of whom are former presidents of the California Medical Association, which has a long and shameful history of standing in the way of simple, common-sense patient safety reforms. And so uh, we submitted a letter in opposition to uh, those two former CMA past presidents. Um, And it was a fairly contentious confirmation hearing uh, with some hard questions put to the nominees. But but you were there, Tammy. You testified. Let's start with that. What was was your message to the committee? Um, Well, you know, it was very important for me to... um to share my feelings about these nominees at this um, hearing because I have um, I have a personal history with the um, personal experience with the medical board. Um, I had filed a complaint against a doctor after the medical malpractice death of my son, Alex. And um, it was a really difficult process to get through with the medical board. It took four years from the time that I filed my complaint to actually a decision and a discipline on the doctor. But it was was very frustrating. Um, I wasn't kept informed of so many things along the way. We were pretty much kept in the dark about what was happening. And the accusation process finally took place. Um, An accusation was filed against the doctor And um, we were pretty hopeful at that point that the doctor was going to receive discipline. The recommendation um, from the attorney general's office was revocation or discipline um, in the form of suspension of the doctor's license. And we were very hopeful. But what ended up happening is that a, a backroom deal was struck with the doctor and the medical board. And ultimately, the doctor got a public reprimand, which is the lowest form of discipline that a doctor can get. And basically, it's a slap on the wrist. Um, We were devastated by that decision. Um, The doctor continued to practice during that whole four years of the investigative process and continues to practice to this day, even though um, he was accused of multiple negligent acts in his care of my son, which ultimately led to my son's death. 
So um, I have a lot of frustrations with the medical board. And um, so it was very important for me with these um, these nominations that came before the, the Senate Rules Committee that I at least share my, my voice and my, my concerns with these particular um, appointees that were brought forward yesterday. And uh, one of those appointees was, in fact, um, has been on the medical board for 10 years at this point, uh, first nominated by Governor Brown and now is renominated by Governor Newsom. And he was on the board, the president of the board, in fact, uh, when they cut that deal and uh, let the doctor off the hook for the harm he caused your son, correct? Yes, he was. Um, Dr. Dev Gananadev, um, like you said, has been on the board for 10 years and was sitting on the board as president when the, um, the decision was made to allow this particular doctor to get off with a public reprimand. I was particularly um, frustrated with a conversation that I had um, with Dr. Gananadev, even following that decision, my husband and I flew um, up to Northern California and testified at a medical board hearing um, regarding the decision and then the whole process that we went through, the complaint process that we went through um, after my son's death. And, um, and then we had conversation with Dr. Gananadev afterward, and I was very dissatisfied with comments that he made to us. Um, you know, of course, he felt bad for our son's death, and how could he not? But um, he really protected the and defended the process of the medical board. Um, and it's really indefensible when a patient dies at the hands of a doctor. And you wait and wait and wait, and nobody should wait four years for, um, for that particular process to take place when people's lives are at stake and a, um, a doctor isn't, um, he, he, this particular doctor that was responsible for my son's death wasn't even brought in for an interview for two years after my son died and after, or after the, after we filed our complaint. So, um, I am very much, um, at the forefront of patient safety and patient safety reform and the medical board as it operates today is very much behind the times there. The, the mission of the medical board is to protect us as healthcare consumers. And my experience is that they're protecting dangerous doctors. And especially in the case that I had filed with the medical board, um, I absolutely believe that they're protecting a dangerous doctor and not protecting patients. Well, and I think that's a really important point because um, it is not that Anyone particularly thinks um, these two nominees, Dr. Dev Gananadev and Dr. Richard Thorpe, are bad people. What we have an issue with is their uh, worldview when it comes to what is appropriate discipline 
for doctors who harm people. And I heard when I was listening to that hearing uh, a lot of hemming and hawing and hedging of their statements when the committee members asked these nominees point blank, point blank, will you commit to a public protection mission of the medical board? Will you commit to holding physicians accountable when they do when they do harm and we did not get that uh, that kind of convincing response um, from these two from these two physicians and it's because they have a long history uh, being the lobbyists uh, the front man for the lobbying organization for the um, the California Medical Association. And this is an organization that has stood in the way of every reasonable patient safety reform that has come before the medical board and has come before the legislature as well. And so, you know, to have a medical board um, doing the right thing, advocating for patients' interests, we should have nominees who are aggressively talking about ways the board can do better. Uh, instead of making excuses for their failures. No, I, I absolutely agree with that. Um, you know, I listened um, intently to the, the responses to questions um, and their statements from Dr. Gananadev and Dr. Thorpe. And I did not hear um, what I wanted to hear was they were looking out for patient safety. Um, I, I thought it was interesting that Dr. Mahmood um, did one of the nominees did talk a lot about patient safety and he talked about physician accountability um, when they have done something wrong. So I was actually really glad to hear that from him, but um, I didn't hear that from Dr. Thorpe or Dr. Gananadev. We did hear a lot about their personal experiences as um, physicians and their practice and, and their interaction with patients. Um, and I'm not saying anything, you know, um, I, I'm sure they're fine doctors, but, um, but their job as medical board members, the job of that medical board is patient protection, not doctor protection. And um, so I, I still have very strong feelings um, about Dr. Thorpe and Gananadev being on, on the medical board. Well, um, you know, I think that from the conversation and the hard questions that were being asked by the senators on this committee, that uh, they also have some really hard questions for the board and these nominees. In fact, I was really, I mean, it was a very unusual situation uh, that the senators, uh, when it came time to vote, there's five members of the committee, um, and the Senate leader, uh, Tony Atkins, and a, a member of the Republican leadership um Senator Wolk are the chair and vice chair of this committee, and both of them actually abstained from voting in support of Dr. Ganadev. And Senator Wolk also uh, withheld his support uh, for Dr. Thorpe. And that is a very unusual situation for these two members to abstain uh, when the governor's nominees were being passed on to the Senate floor. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that as well. And um, it was very interesting to hear them um, abstain from voting, um, which means they have some questions still. Um, I, I was very pleased that there was some really tough questions being posed to these nominees. And so I was very glad. I, I could tell that some of the senators had done some homework um, 
and ask very tough questions of the nominees. I, um, I think it's very telling when a senator abstains from voting. Um, they weren't quite ready to say no, but I could tell that they still had concerns. Well, and the other big thing that so so they brought up a lot of hard questions for the medical board, why it takes so long to finish investigations, why the board doesn't interview complainants uh, when you submit a complaint to the board, why um, uh, all of these uh, different public complaints are coming forward. And I should uh, note importantly that uh, in addition to you, there are many other members of the public who shared their stories, uh, shared examples of the medical board failing their families um, in opposition to these nominees. Um, and the other, um, the other big thing that the senators raised was this question this appearance of conflict of interest, this appearance of regulatory capture, uh, the idea that um, physicians are policing their own and doing it poorly uh, because of a physician bias instead of a patient safety bias. And um, the key uh, problem with that is that the medical board in and of itself was created or was um, was built up to be uh, the response to a move all the way back in 1975 by the legislature when the legislature took away legal rights of families harmed by medical negligence, um, capped compensation uh, in cases uh, involving lost quality of life and deaths, like the death of Tammy's son, um, and said that, don't worry, we took away your legal rights and and you've lost all of this legal deterrence that right now helps make patients safer. But the medical board's going to fill that gap. The medical board is going to step up its enforcement, hold dangerous doctors accountable. And so you don't need to worry about uh, all those rights we just took away. Um, and of course, that never happened. You know, um, back in 2014, when Proposition 46 was on the ballot, I was um, very active in campaigning in support of Prop 46, which would have raised the cap on medical malpractice, required doctors to use the um, CARES database, and do drug, doctor drug, drug testing after an adverse event. And um, I actually had a opportunity to have a conversation with Dr. Thorpe, and who was um, president of the California Medical Association at the time and was very much opposed to Proposition 46. And I asked him, you know, what do you expect a family like mine to do? Because, um, you know, when Alex was killed, um, we sought legal counsel, but because of that cap, um, we were denied access to the legal system. And so I asked Dr. Thurplot, what do you expect a family like mine to do? We need justice, we need accountability when our loved ones are harmed or killed. And he said, that's what the medical board is for. And we were you know, in the early stages of our complaint process with the medical board. Um, and I was hopeful that this, you know, governmental oversight regulatory board would do the right thing and hold this physician to account um, because that's really what we always wanted. You know, it wasn't for us, it was never about getting money, but it was about enforcing accountability and getting this doctor to change his ways. And so we, we, 
we trusted that the medical board would do the right thing and um, hold this doctor to account to discipline him or help re- rehabilitate his, his ways of practicing. And um, we were completely failed by the medical board. Um, our son died and he, we have received no justice in any way, you know, either from the legal system or from the medical board. And, um, you know, it, it's a very, very difficult thing, um, not only to, to lose a child, to lose a loved one, or, you know, to, ha- to be harmed yourself by, um, by a physician, the one that you entrust with your care or your loved one's care. But when they do such egregious harm or cause a death, and then the board who is responsible for oversight of that, that license on the, of, for that physician really protects them and doesn't protect the healthcare consumer. Um, it's frightening. Well, that statistic and all of the other things that you've just mentioned are the reason we put um, the Fairness Act on the 2022 ballot um, that would, again, uh, work to change the malpractice cap. It would up, uh, update the malpractice cap, index it for inflation, and let judges and juries decide uh, in cases of catastrophic injuries or death what the appropriate compensation is for a family. So you, you do have access to justice and physicians are finally held accountable. So that at least our listeners have uh, to look forward on, to on the 2022 ballot to restore some justice uh, to families like yours. Um, thanks so much for, for testifying, Tammy, to you and to all the other families who testified as well this week. Thank you, Carmen. Thanks for talking with me today. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. And as always, remember to subscribe to the podcast on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Carmen Balber, and this has been the Rage for Justice Report.